Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. Hi, everyone. This is Father Connolly. And I'm Alexandra Sullivan. And you're listening to Raising Saints, Helping Kids Hear God's Voice. We're going to take your kids' questions on God, the faith, and the church and see if we can answer them. So that all of us, all together, can grow in our faith. Hi, Father Connolly. Hello, Alexandra. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. What episode are we on? Eight? Sounds good to I me. Think so. <laughs> I think we're on eight. Are you looking forward to it? I am. I am. I'm filled with Easter joy. Good. Me too. Should we start with a prayer? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, thank you for giving us so many ways to encounter you, so many ways to enter into your divine life, and so many ways in which you fill our lives. We thank you for the sacraments. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you especially for your resurrection, uh, which we've just celebrated with such joy. Uh, we thank you for all of these blessings and all of those to come. And we ask you to watch over us, to guide us, and to fill our hearts with your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I thought you were just going to do a glory be today. Well, the Holy Spirit <laughs> just moved me, all right? <laughs> awesome. Okay, so we're going to start with um, a write-in question. Yeah. So you went to my daughter's third grade classroom. Mm-hmm. And in that classroom, they keep a box of questions. Is that correct? They sure do. It's the the special Father Connolly question box. Okay. For some reason, it has a picture of Captain Underpants on it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I swear it does. No, it, it sure does. Now, whether or not they could have known that that was my favorite book as a kid, uh, I'm hoping that's the connection. I don't really want to think of <laughs> what, else there what other association there might be, or it's just the random musings of a third grader. Captain Underpants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so. So usually in that box is stuffed full of questions. Oh my gosh. Right? Yes. So I, we're never able to get through it, which is good though, because it keeps things spontaneous, you know, keeps it spicy with the third grade <laughs> and get to go in and just see what questions we can tackle. Right. Um, and this one. Do they stump you? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything. Oh, wow. Don't tell the kids, <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, I, I uh, who was it that said that the wisest thing is to know that you don't know, or mm-hmm. I don't know, that's like Plato or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Aristotle. I, I, I don't know. Good. good. It's good you can admit <laughs> Augustine, it. Augustine, philosophy degree, what good did that do me? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're third graders. They think about very deep things. They so, do. Yeah. They do. Uh, and this question was great. And the best part about it is that written – uh, first, the question is written, and then underneath that is a beautiful drawing. Quite a, a likeness of you. Right, <laughs> a beautiful smiley face. Um, I said, I asked the kids, I said, so does this look like me? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Well, good. Good thing. Cause, <laughs> He's got no hair. Yeah. And that would be a tragedy. Let's not go there. <laughs> but anyway, we'll, it's a we'll great actually question. We'll take a picture and post it. Yeah. Right? Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So the question was, what is the point of a sacrament? Yes. That's a really good question. You know, what's the point? So we could have just asked what's a sacrament, 
but to ask, what is the point of a sacrament? And that's really at the crux of our lives as Catholics. Um, what what really makes us unique? What marks our uh, our religion? You know, not just our uh, our faith, but our practice of the faith is this reality of the sacraments. Um, well, some religions do have certain, like they have baptism, mm-hmm. which is a sacrament, right? So, but it's it's different. No. Well, baptism is a sort of a, a unifying thing. There are other okay. denominations of Christianity, yeah. right? We would recognize their baptism if it's done using water, water. and the Trinitarian formula. Got it. Yep. You, you have to say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus instituted it. Um, I've had situations where we've had to do what's called conditional baptisms. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, uh, a mother who had had a conversion and was coming to the Catholic faith and, and uh, all of a sudden realized she wasn't sure if her boy's baptisms were valid. Were valid. Mm-hmm. So the pastor said, well, you know what? Come on by and we'll do a conditional baptism. We'll, we'll basically saying, in case that you hadn't been mm-hmm. baptized validly, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And, of course, with water. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we really we have this... This uh, this whole program of sacraments, if you will, that really kind of mark our whole lives, that that characterize our whole lives, um, and I think a good way to start is to just give a, a sort of a definition right off the bat, right? So a sacrament is an efficacious sign instituted by Christ to gain grace. Now that's that might be a big uh, phrase for a third grader, right? So right. how do we explain an efficacious sign? Uh, that was a big phrase for a twenty-something year old. Okay, so <laughs> but an efficacious sign. So it's a sign that actually does Something. that which it signifies. Right. So for instance, we're talking about baptism. Let's mm-hmm. look at baptism. Water is a sign in baptism for being cleansed. Of original sin, we know that we're being uh, washed in this sacrament. We're being cleansed of original sin, and water symbolizes that, mm-hmm. but, but it actually brings that it. into effect. Okay. Um. So, an efficacious sign, a sign which accomplishes that which it signifies, instituted by Christ. That's so important for us too. Mm-hmm. That that we're not just. Uh, you know, making things up as we go. Right. Um, that we really are holding to the very institutions of Jesus himself. So the sacrament of the Eucharist, mm. you know, um, instituted at the Last Supper, uh, that Jesus said as he took and broke the bread, this is my body uh, with the wine. This is my blood. Mm-hmm. Do this in memory of me. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, we'll do this in memory of you. And and so we're really doing and we're repeating those words that Jesus himself spoke, um, that we're not just a group of people who sort of came together and said, wouldn't it be nice if uh, we somehow commemorated Jesus by using these symbols and no, yeah, <laughs> we in this, you know, for instance, the, the sacrament of the Eucharist really becomes his body and his blood because he didn't say, you know, this, this is, like, is like my body. Yeah. This is a this nice a symbol, symbol of, of my yeah. blood. Um, 
So instituted by Christ. A sacrament is an efficacious sign instituted by Christ to gain grace. So all seven sacraments, there's biblical foundations for them all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, and that last part, grace, right? That's so, we know how much we need grace. It's so mm-hmm. important to our lives that we so rely on God's grace, that free help from God to do all the things that, that we have to do. And mm-hmm. uh, I find myself constantly reminding people in the confessional um, that not only in confession are your sins wiped away, mm-hmm. not only are you absolved totally right. in confession, forgiven 100%, but there's grace there. Mm-hmm. You know, th- like Jesus said to the hemorrhaging woman, go and be healed. Mm-hmm. Well, duh, you just healed her. So what are you repeating yourself for? Right. Because he's telling her, go live your life now as someone who has been healed. Okay. Uh, go and be healed. Mm-hmm. And that's because she's received grace now. She'll be able to do that. Uh, and we constantly need to be refilled with that grace. So again, talking about confession, you know, um, people often think, well, I haven't committed any mortal sins yeah. in a couple of weeks, so why would I go? That's great. <laughs> I encourage everyone awesome. <laughs> to avoid committing mortal sin. That's wonderful. Right. That doesn't mean that you can't go to confession still. Right. You know? I mean, we um, fall all day long, right? We make mistakes. We oh, yeah. don't love the people around us like we should. We act selfishly. All sorts of things that right, are not mortal but are still just straining our relationships. Right. And so even if all we're bringing to our weekly or biweekly confession is the same old laundry list of mm-hmm. venial sins, we still receive such grace in right. that sacrament, that free help from God, because he knows he's calling us to live a supernatural life. Mm-hmm. We need his supernatural help to be able to do that. Um, And so that's what he offers us in the sacraments. You know, I saw this really cool artwork. I wonder if I can find it again, where it's a picture of a man kneeling in a confessional and the priest is sitting on the other side and Mm. behind the priest is the image of Jesus Mm. in the the divine mercy Jesus. So all the rays of light are flowing from Jesus through the priest to the man kneeling in front of him. And I thought that was just like a... A great image of what is actually happening. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's beautiful. It's really that's what it's about: confession, but all the sacraments, receiving this grace from God, um, that it's from God mm-hmm. through humans, through signs, but that in a sacrament uh, that we receive through this efficacious sign instituted by Christ, such grace to live these lives He's called us to. Um, so just a word on on, on the sacraments themselves, because the catechism of the Catholic Church breaks them up really nicely into mm-hmm. three groups. Uh, sacraments of initiation, sacraments of healing, and sacraments at the service of communion. Which I think is a really interesting um, uh, category. Yeah. I was looking for that Description word. Description. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, of course... The sacraments of initiation, right? Baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, that were baptized, were brought into the fold, you know, that were made uh, sons and daughters of God. Confirmation, we receive that gift of the Holy Spirit, we're mm-hmm. sealed, um, in, or uh, as 
Bishop Dominic would say, we're sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> as he basically slathers the chrism oil on the kid's head with a paintbrush. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. He, he, he makes it so personal, though, Bishop Dominic. He's very, very, um, he's very invested in that. He's an example of a bishop who confirms with such love for mm-hmm. each individual confirmandi. It's okay. beautiful. Confirmand, I, I guess would be the singular. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, in the Eucharist, that we're sharing in that communion of the church. So these sacraments of initiation, sacraments of healing, right? Mm-hmm. We know we're healed in reconciliation by that forgiveness of our sins. Um, like I mentioned, that hemorrhaging woman was healed. Mm-hmm. We are that woman. Mm-hmm. We are that that person who needs the divine physician to heal our wounds. Um, An anointing of the sick, of course, bringing us spiritual healing and and consolation as perhaps we're facing uh, going into surgery or maybe the end of uh, one's life, you Mm -hmm. know, an old age or or whatever it might be. But actually cases of physical healing arising from this too. Oh, really? Not that we, uh, not that we expect physical healing anytime we receive the sacrament but but knowing that it's possible it's possible um if god wills it right? yeah. yeah you know i don't know if i mentioned this before i know i mentioned this in in uh in samantha's class but um my first time anointing someone mm-hmm. i think i'd been a priest for about four days okay and i still hadn't come to saint columba yet okay. so i was at home and my home pastor said, oh, you know, you know, Charlie from, you know, the 830 Mass. I said, of course, everyone knows Charlie. He was yeah. a regular, you know. He's in the hospital. He's not doing well. How about you come with me and you anoint him? Oh, wow. And I said, sure. Okay. I almost I almost said, you know, can I do that? And then, well, yeah, I can now. I'm a <laughs> now priest now. Um, so we went. We saw Charlie. And I anointed him. And we left. And a few days later... Father McSweeney called me and he said, you know, Charlie went home from the hospital. Oh, wow. I said, you're kidding me. He goes, yeah, yeah. So a few days after that, he did end up going home to God. And, 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 uh, you know, it was his time. God was calling him home. But that was sort of a little glimpse of this power of these sacraments, you know, that he did experience some some, uh, degree of physical healing. Right. uh, and, and, And I'm sure that the sacrament had something okay. to do with that, you right. know? And so again, not that we expect that mm-hmm. every time, but, uh, God is a God of miracles. We never want to mm-hmm. underestimate what he can do for us. Sure. So those sacraments of healing, finally, the sacraments at the service of communion, I think this is so interesting, yeah. right? Because, um, holy orders, we can kind of easily imagine that. Well, sure. You know, becoming, uh, deacons, priests, mm-hmm. bishops, that that's a, a life of service, right? Sure. But, um, so at the service of communion, the communion of the church, the communion of the people of God. Right. So sure, holy orders, that makes sense that a deacon, a priest, a bishop, someone who's called to serve, um, to foster that communion, that mm-hmm. unity. But the catechism also puts matrimony in here. Okay. And I think that's beautiful. Because yeah. that is also a life of service. You it know? is. You know better than I do. 
It is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And communion because you're raising a family. Yeah. And you're bringing that the domestic church, your church and your house at home. And uh, absolutely, it totally fits that category. Yeah. yeah. So. so what's the point of a sacrament? Well, is the point? To, to gain grace, grace. certainly, um, to be initiated, to be healed, and, and to serve the communion to which God calls each of us. Okay. So we did have a question from a parent. Maybe now would be a good yeah. time to address it because um, the parent was questioning whether um, the sacrament of reconciliation was a requirement because mm. there are many Protestant religions who don't have that. Right. And they just believe if you turn to Jesus in prayer and say, I'm sorry for my sins, that that's okay. So why is it that we have a separate sacrament mm. rather than just saying, Jesus, I'm sorry that I did these things. Yeah, and that was a great question too, and I, I love the way she asked it because I think she she asked us right if am I still forgiven? Right. If I don't go, well, right. certainly God forgives every sin, um, but He has instituted this sacrament for us um, to be absolved. So um, first, I think, just I think I don't mean to interrupt you, but sure. I think a lot of people the stumbling block is mm. actually going to another person and saying what I have done because that's embarrassing to begin with. And then like, why does this guy need to know? Right. Right. Yeah. So first I just want to say as far as, you know, do I need to go? We do, um, we still believe in, you know, the thing called the, uh, often hear it called the Easter obligation, right? So at least once a Mm -hmm. year, the Easter time would be like that time. If, If you're only going once a year, that's a good time to just sort of uh, you know, uh, collect your, yourself, examine your conscience and go. Although mm-hmm. I absolutely encourage every person, mm-hmm. don't, don't let it go once a year. Right. Don't let it get to once a year because like we said, there's such grace to be received in the yeah. sacrament. Um, but anyway, why talk to another person? Yeah. Yeah. Why come to me? What do I know? <laughs> right. Well, nothing. <laughs> And that's, that's okay. Point, right? Yeah, that's okay because the priest represents God, mm-hmm. right? God has chosen uh, as he he gave this commission to his apostles, right? And he said, "Whatever you, whatever sins you bind on earth shall be bound. Mm-hmm. Whatever you loose, they are loosed." Mm-hmm. So there's that instituted by Christ, right there. Um, the priest as the representative of God, but also the representative of the rest of the church because mm-hmm. our sins don't just affect our right. relationship with God. They affect the rest of the church right. as well. Um, think of the story of the prodigal son. That prodigal son uh, disrespecting his father the way he did mm-hmm. and leaving home with his inheritance before his father has died and that horrible act of disobedience, disrespect, uh, rather, that... Uh, um, lack of charity, lack of love that didn't just impact the father. No, it impacted the son, the sure. other son, the brother. It, it also offended the older brother. It also mm-hmm. offended, if we, you know, we, we don't hear about her, but the mother mm-hmm. who was around, I'm sure, I'm sure was the heartbroken. Whole too, right? All of the, all, right, all of the servants, the friends, the, the relatives, um, you know, are all impacted sure. by this by this sin of the prodigal son. And so with our sins, we impact the rest of the church. We're breaking not just our relationship with God, but also the rest of the church. And uh, 
that's also why if we have grave sin on our conscience, mm-hmm. if we've committed mortal sin and uh, we haven't yet gone to confession, that's why we don't go and receive Holy Communion because we're not in communion, right? right. We've broken communion. So hopefully that helps. You know, that idea that, um, yes, of course, God will always forgive us. And he loves it when we go to him in, in private prayer. And, and uh, you know, like it says in Scripture, when you pray, go into the secret of your room and, mm-hmm. and pray. Sure, we should absolutely do that. Right. Um, every day even. You Maybe know, at the end of the, at, day, at the, end of the an day, examination. Yeah, yeah, just say these are God. I know I offended you in, in these ways, and and maybe in others, and and I'm sorry, and right. um, please help me to to be able to do better tomorrow. Absolutely, right. We should 100 percent talk to God on our own and mm-hmm. ask His forgiveness, and and trust that that He does forgive us. But He has instituted this great sacrament of reconciliation, and and He wants us to participate in that. Mm-hmm. Um, to really be absolved of our sins uh, in the way in which he's instituted. So I hope that helps. And also um, when you go to reconciliation, you, like we said, you're getting an infusion of grace Mm. to allow you to be able to not continue committing those sins. Correct. Right. Right? So you can ask for that help in the sacrament um, and that's where you would get it. So you don't keep falling into the same thing over and over again with God's help. Yeah. So, All right. I hope that answers both the what's the point of a sacrament question and the calling question, I mean, the writing question from the mom about reconciliation. So we're going to go to our second question, which is a a recorded one from um, a boy. I think he's in fourth grade, but I had to double check that. Um, He's having some trouble with a fellow student. So I'll let him tell you about it and we'll talk. My question is that I've... Uh, a desk neighbor at my school that drives me absolutely crazy. How do I show compassion to him? So this sounds like a great question for a mom. Yes. Um, actually, you know, I think this is difficult because we all have people who frustrate us, sometimes living in the same house as us, right? Or um, someone we're at school that we can't avoid. And I don't know that I have any magic answers for this. Any more than Will, your mom has probably already told you and things, advice she's given you. But um, I was thinking about this and I actually would like to talk about one of my favorite saints, St. Therese of Lisieux. Would you like to say that for us? Yeah, I know. As Bishop Barron. As Bishop Barron. St. <laughs> Therese of Lisieux. Thank you. Um, she, with you. <laughs> she has, if you've never read, parents, if you've never read her biography, her autobiography, it's an excellent book. Have you read it, Father Connolly? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. It's on my list. All right. We'll get to it. I'm way behind in my <laughs> spiritual reading. I know. I know. Well, you know, it's really, some people love her and some people are just, eh, she's kind of like too too sugary <laughs> sweet for her, but I actually mm. really, really enjoyed it. Mm. And there's a part in her story where she talks about one of the f- sisters in Carmel with her mm. that really annoyed her. And, you know, whenever you hear of a saint saying that someone annoyed her, you're like, thank goodness, right? <laughs> There's because, hope for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's hope for me. So I'd like to read a little bit about what she says, okay? So she talks about, there was at that time a certain nun who managed to irritate me in everything she did. 
The devil had a part in it, for it was certainly he who made me see all her bad points. Not wishing to give way to natural antipathy, I reminded myself that sentiments of charity were not enough. They must find expression, and I set myself to treat her as if I loved her best of all. Mm. So a couple of... um, hard things to understand there. So not wishing to give way to natural antipathy, which would be naturally I'm feeling inclined to not like this person. Mm -hmm. So she knew that that was her natural way she felt, but she didn't want to give into it. So Will, you already know that you feel frustrated. So that's the first step, knowing that this person frustrates me. She reminded herself that sentiments of charity were not enough. So she was trying to think good thoughts about this person but it wasn't enough. Hmm. So that's what I try to remind my kids. Also try to think of this person's best points instead of their, the parts that bother you. So she said, these sentiments of love charity must find expression. And I set myself to treat her as if I loved her best. So she chose to do the opposite of her natural inclination, which was to get frustrated. So how did she do that? So first she says, I prayed earnestly for this sister who caused me so much struggle, but this was not enough. So that's the first step I would say, pray for that person, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure lots of parents say this, well, let's just pray for that person. Okay. That's the first step, but usually they still annoy us, right? And we're still dealing with that. So I tried to do everything I possibly could for her. And when tempted to answer her sharply, I hastened to give her a friendly smile and talk about something else. So sometimes, she says, when the devil made a particularly violent attack, if I could slip away without letting her suspect my struggle, I would run away from the battle like a deserter. Hmm. So St. Therese would actually run away. From dealing with this person. I love that. Like, I don't know how to deal with this. I know I'm going to make a mistake. I'm just going to get away. Yeah. That's like in college when I would see the sink full of the same dishes that my roommate had used three nights before and still didn't wash. And I just ran out of the apartment. Because nothing good is going to happen. But if we're in a classroom, we can't run away, can we? No. So what do we do, I guess? So I think what St. Therese is trying to tell us is trying to first think the best of the person, second, pray for that person, and third, do the opposite of what you really want to do, which is scream and yell and get annoyed. Mm. So maybe it it would be um, doing something kind for this person or just smiling and not getting frustrated. Um, Anything that would be opposite of what you felt like doing at the time. Mm. But that's a lot harder to do than just saying it. But I mean... We're talking about a saint struggling here. Yeah. So, of course, it's going to happen. Um, but I like what she says later on because eventually um, this sister noticed the difference. And if I can find it here, I will. Let's see. So the sister said to her one day, her face radiant. So the sister that annoyed her, her face radiant, says to St. Therese, What do you find so attractive in me? Whenever we meet, you give me such a gracious smile. St. Therese says, what attracted me? It was Jesus hidden in the depths of her soul. Jesus who makes attractive even what is most bitter. (laughs) (laughs) You're laughing. Low-key shade on that one. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> a little bit. Even what is most Even bitter. Mm-hmm. Is most bitter. Um, <laughs> no, that's good though. <laughs> so, Will, I think there's no easy answer. But if we look to what St. Therese is saying, it's it's trying to fight our natural inclinations to be frustrated. And when we fall, when we mess up, just giving that over to Jesus and saying like, you know what, I messed up. Let me pray for this person. And then just, even if it's just a smile and ignoring whatever the behavior is, mm. I think it's probably the best bet. If you can't get away from the situation, you're in a classroom, just really ignoring, turning away from it, smiling, whatever it is that is going to best work for you. And um, I just want to write, read another little bit. She says earlier in the same chapter, she says, I see now that true charity consists in bearing with the faults of those about us, never being surprised at their weaknesses, but edified at the least sign of virtue. I see above all, charity must not remain hidden in the bottom of our hearts. And St. Therese had to have learned this from her father. Because her father, St. Louis Martin, hmm. uh, I read a whole book about their family, which was very intriguing and interesting. But what St. Louis, his daughters always used to say about him was that he would make an excuse for anyone's poor behavior. So if, and, and this is not me, <laughs> if I see someone doing something that I wouldn't do, hmm. my first inclination is like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, you know, is a judgment call on who this person is. Yeah. And what St. Louis would do is um, he would make an excuse. So maybe that person is having a stressful day. Maybe that person's best friend just died. Maybe their mother is sick in the hospital. Whatever it is, he would find any reason to excuse their mm. behavior. And I think that's another good resource because – we all have bad days and we all have really bad habits. And so if we can reframe other people's bad habits, it might help us just to um, fight those feelings of frustration. Mm. So anything to add to this? No, that was great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I actually, this is what I was thinking about before. I sat in mass the other day and... I, it was one of those, I have to say, I, I was really thankful for it because I'm feeling um, frustrated with myself lately. And I sat looking at people in mass going, oh, well, what, what is that person thinking? Oh, what is, what? look at that. You know, just making like thoughts in my head that were like just really judgy. And yep. I was like, what, what am I doing? Why is that person chewing gum? You know, it just really. Is she texting during my homily? <laughs> Not that I thought that. <laughs> But. Yeah, but, you know, we all do it. And it was actually, thanks God that he gave me the opportunity to realize I was doing that. Mm. You know, because I think a lot of times we overlook our faults. And I sat there going, oh, yeah, I do this all the mm. time. So it's normal. We're going to get frustrated. People can be annoying. I can be annoying. and No. Yeah, yeah, I can. I can. I don't believe it. Yeah, apparently I don't, if you ask my husband, apparently I don't get things in the trash can when I throw them out. Like I just like throw it in there and if it just misses, I just leave it. So this is one of those things like, well, it's right there. Just open the door, put it in the trash. So yeah, I mean, we all do things that annoy each other. Mm -hmm. So let's ask St. Therese and her dad, St. Louis, for a little help next time. Yeah. Yeah. Will, good luck with your desk neighbor. <laughs> good luck, Will.
All right. So should we wrap up? I think so. Okay. You want to tell everyone how to get in touch with us? Yeah, so we we love these questions we've been getting, and uh, we we would love to get some more from the little guys all the way up to the teens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know you can email us if you'd like to record a voice memo. Email us at raisingsaintspodcast at, at gmail dot com, mm-hmm. uh, or if you have the Anchor app on your smartphone or yeah. tablet, uh, whatever device you're able to use for that. Uh, you can find our show and, and record a message for us right there in the app. Uh, so all these great ways to do it. And uh, we, we hope you do because we're sure the questions are out there, right? Yes. We have so many questions and we'd love to do our best to help you answer them. And I would say if you enjoyed this episode, would you share it with some friends? Um, we're hoping to reach out to as many people as we can. We'd like people to hear what's what we're talking about because i know even as an adult these questions are really difficult you know learning about our faith there's so much to know and if you could share it with some friends we would love to hear from them as well all right so let's wrap up and we will hear you hear you again we will (laughs) you'll hear us again (laughs) (laughs) you'll hear us again in a couple of weeks okay god bless you everyone thank you bye